Shining a light on government every week. It's full disclosure with the Better Government Association here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. David Greising is the president and CEO of the BGA and joins us weekly to talk about what's happening in government and how it's impacting you. David, as always, good morning. Welcome back. Good morning, Jim. Great to be with you. Let's start with the, the big bill signing yesterday, a pretty significant piece of legislation called the Reimagining Electric Vehicles Act, the REV Act for short. It's all part of Governor J.B. Pritzker's goal to really make Illinois a leader, not just in the production of electric vehicles and all of the things that go along with it, batteries in particular, but also in their use here in Illinois. It relies heavily on tax breaks and other incentives to try to drive this industry forward. Uh, and while this is a certainly, uh, it would seem, a growth industry here in the U.S., and uh, Illinois definitely wants to be on the cutting edge of it, it once again raises questions about these sorts of incentive programs and just how effective they are, and w do we really get the, the bang for the buck we would expect from it? Uh, give us your sense as to what we saw from the governor yesterday. Right. Uh, Governor Pritzker signed this out at uh, the uh, old Belvedere auto plant, which will is set to become a new plant for Stellantis, uh, an EV um, uh, company. And uh, the focus really is on building infrastructure for uh, charging stations, et cetera. That's where a lot of this money will go. Uh, there's a hope also that there will be um, some battery manufacturing and parts manufacturing, as well as possibly electronic vehicle production in the state of Illinois. Uh, to your point about the tax incentives, there are significant tax breaks uh, for any, any company that moves to the state or opens operations in the state and creates new jobs. There also are smaller tax breaks afforded to companies already doing business in Illinois. Um, we don't yet know the value proposition for those tax breaks, how many jobs will be created, and whether the state will get its money's worth out of them. Uh, over the years, we've seen uh, very mixed results from uh, these kinds of incentives. There is a lot of criticism of them, but the reality is that most states have some form of tax incentive for uh, economic development purposes. Illinois has longstanding programs already, um, and uh, many people who uh, follow these things say that they do, in fact, help uh, build uh, economic development and help to create jobs. You know, it's, uh, again, a tool that we, we frequently uh, dive into the toolbox uh, to grab here. And over the years, there have been some questions raised about whether uh, these incentives really uh, have a, a payout for the, the public at large, for the overall state economy, as opposed to the limited beneficiaries of these breaks. Uh, but again, this does seem like a, an area where we're going to see a lot of growth, a lot of expansion. It's Governor Pritzker's hope uh, that Illinois will be able to reap a lot of the benefits benefits of that and become sort of, I guess, the, uh, the the Silicon Valley of the electric vehicle industry to make Illinois really a, a hub for that. We'll see, of course, how it uh, plays out. This comes against uh, the backdrop of uh, a big push for uh, huge new spending in infrastructure, of which billions of dollars will come to Illinois. And Governor Pritzker had a pretty good seat for the, uh, the bill signing when President Biden signed that uh, $1 trillion plus bipartisan infrastructure uh, plan uh, in into law at the White House. The governor of Chicago, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, uh, there on hand for that. What does it mean for Illinois? 
Well, for one thing, uh, it's hardly as if the governor and Mayor Lightfoot were alone. I, it looks almost <laughs> like a, a small baseball stadium with the crowd around the president for the signature of this huge new infrastructure plan. Uh, there are billions of dollars coming to Illinois uh, for this, for everything from major highway projects to bridge re replacement repairs uh, to public transportation uh, to even drinking and wastewater infrastructure. There's a big move to uh, reduce the reliance on lead pipes, replace lead pipes, for example, which caused so much, so many health concerns. Um, Illinois looks to fare pretty well from this program. Uh, the um, uh, it really is up to the states, really, uh, in many respects, as to how they spend this money within the limits put forward by the uh, federal government. And in Illinois, we expect to see uh, some extension of the CTA's red line to go down into um, the near south suburbs of Chicago. As I mentioned, lead pipe renew renewal, the Eisenhower Expressway, and I-190 uh, will be other roads roadways that will uh, be getting new construction dollars, we expect. Um, there's always the challenge of making certain that the investments uh, are done across the state and not just in the Chicago metropolitan area. And that's something uh, worth following as the spending program rolls out over the next couple of years. This has political implications as well. We uh, we know that uh, some of the Republican congressional delegation here in Illinois voted against this legislation, even though they say they support uh, infrastructure. Uh, they didn't like that it was uh, linked by Nancy Pelosi to a separate, larger spending plan, even though the two votes are, are completely separate. Uh, and Democrats are going to try to make uh, hay out of this uh, against those uh, Republican uh, congressional members, uh, many of whom, though, uh, have been drawn into relatively safe districts like Darren LaHood, Rodney Davis, Mike Bost. Uh, so uh, it, it's unlikely that uh, we're going to see much uh, political blowback for them for those votes, but uh, it will continue to be uh, something that will uh, make for political fodder here in the state of Illinois. And while we're on the subject of political fodder, uh, David, I know you have written about this. We've written about it uh, here as well, what we were terming the billionaire slap fight as Governor J.B. Pritzker gearing up for his reelection bid uh, is being sort of indirectly challenged by a guy who's even richer than the governor is. His name won't be on a ballot next year, but he definitely would like to influence who becomes the next governor of Illinois. Tell us about the looming showdown between J.B. Pritzker and Ken Griffin. Yeah, Ken Griffin, the founder of Citadel, the big hedge fund and market uh, operator, um, uh, already has more than dabbled, invested heavily in Illinois politics. He spent more than $50 million to uh, defeat Governor J.B. Pritzker's uh, graduated income tax proposal, the so-called Fair Tax Amendment, and he was successful in doing so. He was a big backer of Governor Bruce Rauner, as Pritzker's forces will repeatedly remind all of us over the course of the next couple of years. And he has said that he intends to essentially conduct a beauty contest of would-be Republican candidates for governor. And he's going to conduct a pretty detailed examination of whom might be most likely to give Governor Pritzker a good race. Um, this is going to be based, I, from what I can tell from the reporting I've done on this, uh, 
based on a pragmatic consideration of a conservative who can oust Pritzker. There's going to be as much focus on that part of it as on kind of the um, the the platform of the of the candidate in question. You mentioned Rod Davis. He's his name has been mentioned. Adam Kinzinger, the Republican congressman whose uh, district is is all but gone as a result of uh, the gerrymandering and. Um, uh, there will be others, no doubt, who uh, oh, oh, um, who will be uh, vying for this. Uh, it, it'll be nice for whomever is anointed by this one rich person in Illinois uh, to have that kind of backing, because otherwise it would be awfully daunting to take on our billionaire governor, who himself has shown a willingness to spend a lot of his fortune in order to secure his political fortunes. Yeah, it doesn't seem like any of the announced candidates have necessarily tickled Ken Griffin's uh, fancy thus far. But as you said, there are other looming possibilities out there uh, and uh, a whole lot of money just kind of sitting there on the table uh, waiting to be uh, thrown into the mix. And, and I think I speak for every broadcaster in Illinois when I spe <laughs> speak about how giddy we are at the prospect of Ken Griffin and J.B. Pritzker's money flooding the airwaves with uh, ads and uh, and all of the uh, various ways they're going to try to reach voters to persuade them to their side. We've got to take a break here. We've got more to discuss on this Wednesday morning. It's full disclosure with the Better Government Association. David Grising is the president and CEO and returns with us here in just one moment. And this is the aforementioned Full Disclosure with the Better Government Association. David Grising is the president and CEO. And as we uh, get back into the conversation, uh, we have seen more movements in the court system related to redistricting, particularly the legislative district maps. And uh, a court has uh, raised concerns about the first set of maps uh, that was approved by lawmakers back in the late spring. Of course, they came back and revised those maps, but it has... Uh, at least open the door to the possibility of judicial intervention on these maps. And so, uh, David, we've seen a, a lot of activity. We've seen Republicans put maps forward. We've seen Latin American groups with their uh, own own concerns and ideas here. Uh, but we're also seeing people starting to make their plans for 2022 based upon the district maps that were passed this fall. What uh, what does it look like right now? Could those maps, the, the now at the moment at least final maps, uh, be changed and how badly could that shake up people's political plans for next year well we don't know because obviously as you said this is in the courts and so the courts um uh can rule as, as they will choose you also correctly pointed out jim that the politicians involved really have no choice but to work with the maps that were passed by the legislature even as they are being conducted contested in court the most interesting new development in the last few days has been the uh the the fact that the Mexican-American Legal Defense and Education Fund, which is sued uh, uh, to claiming the maps are not constitutional, has presented its own map. And uh, they drew their map uh, based solely on uh, trying to increase Latino representation in the state legislature. And that put a number of existing um, representatives into the same districts into competitive races and uh, now that map if it if it gets considered will need to be tested against all the various constitutional restrictions as well the same thing goes with the uh democratic the the, the republican party uh contestants who have challenged 
the legislative map. Um, they're developing their own version. So this is still going on in courts. And meanwhile, uh, the people who want to run for office uh, need to make their decisions, I, I guess, based on the existing map that the legislature has approved. We'll uh, watch this carefully because obviously it does have big implications, not just for politicians, but for all of us and our representation uh, in the coming year and really for the next 10 years to come. Uh, a couple of other uh, odds and ends. And David, this is one that um, uh, we're only watching from afar down here in Springfield. It doesn't necessarily di uh, directly impact us. It's been a fascinating saga to watch that of the Chicago Fraternal Order of Police President John Catanzara. He's been very outspoken, uh, very uh, even at times belligerent toward Mayor Lori Lightfoot and some of the uh, city's COVID mandates for police officers. But he himself has served as union president while he's been under a cloud of suspicion and accusation for his own conduct as an officer. And he's actually been on suspension from the department for several years. And now this came to a head this week uh, with some uh, fairly dramatic developments. Yeah, Katanzara, rather than facing d discipline under the Chicago Police Department, he resigned his position. He will remain president of the Lodge 7 of the Fraternal Order of Police, which represents more than 15,000 uh, Chicago cops. And he has said he plans to run against Mayor Lori Lightfoot uh, to try to um, beat her in her reelection effort. Uh, Katanzara is also of interest statewide because he was one of the leading advocates for this uh, right of conscience with regard to not wearing masks, uh, not wearing masks, and not uh, complying with vaccine mandates. Uh, in in that the city of Chicago was imposing is imposing on Chicago police. So and and his outspokenness and and anti-Muslim and very political uh, social media presence uh, make him a curiosity, if nothing else, uh, statewide in the sense that he is he is quite a flamboyant figure. Uh, really somebody who wants to be a renegade in Illinois politics. And uh, now that he has announced he plans to run for mayor, he's somebody that probably merits some attention statewide because of the importance of the city of Chicago. And having quit the police department, but staying as head of the police union, and he says, now nobody can touch me, which is a somewhat ominous statement for anybody in a position of authority there. Uh, fortunately, there are watchdogs who are keeping an eye on that situation and situations all throughout government, the Better Government Association, here each week on Full Disclosure. David Grising, tell people how to reach you in the BGA the rest of the week. Yes, I'm at dgreising at bettergov.org, D-G-R-E-I-S-I-N-G at bettergov.org, and our website is bettergov.org. And with that, we're out of time for this Wednesday morning. David, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again next week on the day before Thanksgiving. Look forward to it.